It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic going up until 6.35 today as the Reds take over the airwaves at 6.35. This is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on this 13th day of August, 6.06 on the clock at 82 degrees and cloudy outside in southeast Ohio. Again, Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. we got a good show for you, even though it is a short show. We'll discuss the Reds as they lost two out of three on the Braves. And, of course, as we promoted a little bit, and I was over at the Athens County Fair making sure people knew, uh, but the local celebrity, Jason Arkley, joins the program. And uh, it's always good to have Jason Arkley on, and I know we're uh, getting ready for football season. My, who better to call, who better to try to get onto the program than Jason Arkley? Arkley, how are you? I'm doing great, and that's uh, that's quite the introduction there. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm worthy, but uh, I will take it nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, it's it's all good and well I mean you were kind of a local celebrity when you're going down onto the field at Peden Stadium because uh, I saw you tweeted out Cam Odom even waved to you and said hello. What's it been like <laughs> kind of being back in person and being able to kind of report on and 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 be back there again? Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, if folks remember the the pandemic pandemic first broke uh, a year ago in March and that was right at the start of Ohio's. Ohio's spring football camp, and so that was uh, was about 18 months where they didn't have any kind of open practices, and that was the first I was able to attend over the weekend, and uh, and it was nice. It was it was good. Uh, a lot of the guys still remembered me, still remember my face, and uh, the, the staff and most of the people around the program treated me well over the years. So it was it was good to be around other people and and see familiar, friendly faces once again, and uh, you know get a little get a little inside look. Bobcats are looking like here in uh, 2021. And of course, it is a different look as last time you were out, you know, open media and, and open practices. Uh, you know, Frank Sol- Solich was at the helm, and now uh, with his retirement being announced earlier this year, uh, Tim Albin gets promoted as as the head coach of the Ohio Bobcats. What has practice been like under Tim Albin uh, in the early going so far? Uh, pretty consistent, uh, like you're just watching from afar, uh, you, you really won't notice much of a difference. And I think that's a, a testament to the culture and the protocols they, they put in place there. Um, like it, the general structure of practices is, is pretty similar. The, like the segments used, the, the things highlighted, the, uh, the techniques emphasized, uh, you know, even the bigger picture stuff, like the general schemes, most of that stuff is, is carried over. Um, that Tim is going to, Still trying to find his voice as the head coach. Uh, it's it's one thing to be to be the associate head coach or the offensive coordinator and just kind of go off uh, about something when when you see it when it deals with the offense. But he's got a whole hundred yard field now to worry about. So he is he's getting used to that. And that you know before he would he'd be dialed in on the the quarterbacks or the passing game and seven on seven. Now he's looking at every position group when they go uh, when they go eleven on eleven. So. Uh, he's he's doing that and, and trying to learn as he goes. He's, he's very uh, much like Frank. He's a very authentic, consistent individual, and uh, so he's he's learning that. Now he hasn't been a head coach at the B one level before, so there is a little bit of an adjustment. But he's very comfortable with the players. The players are very comfortable with him, and I, I think it'll be a fairly smooth transition once once everyone just feels 
they've, they've settled in again. Uh, but, but on the surface, you know, that consistency was, was Frank Solge's calling card, and, and to a large degree that's that stayed in place here through, uh, through a couple weeks of fall camp. And I guess the only thing uh, that, that wasn't consistent is, is the big news. I don't know how big. I mean, it's not as big as a new head coach, um, but it is news nonetheless that broke earlier today. But Scott is boarding, uh, being named the offensive coordinator as well as Alan Rudolph being named the co-offensive coordinator. Uh, what do they bring to the table, and, and what changes do you foresee them having? Uh, and what impact will they have on the offense now being named as the offensive coordinator and co-offensive coordinator? Uh, Alan Rudolph has been a uh, was a great hire two years ago uh, by, by Coach Solich and the staff. Uh, he's a guy that's really taken ownership of the offensive line position. That was a group that had three different assistants overseeing that in three consecutive years, um, and he has he has brought some some new thoughts to, to how to in, you know improve or increase or or you know uh, make the run game more efficient. Uh, I know him and Tim Alvin had a great rapport almost immediately when he came on staff. Um, and, and, and Scott is sporting. Uh, again, that guy has been involved with the program for a long time. He, he was at Ohio previously before coming back for this, this most recent stint of like seven years now. Um, but, but another guy who's very involved in the program was, I think, dubbed the passing game coordinator the last few seasons. Uh, both those guys have been very involved previously in, in devising what the offensive game plan is going to be like week to week. Um, and, and now they have a a new job title that kind of goes along with it. it it's not surprising within the within the structure of the program or in the coaching staff i, I think this was the i think this was pretty set uh the day that, that frank announced his retirement and and tim was was given the head coaching role this this was always kind of the plan the elevation of, of scott and and coach rudolph uh, i don't think you're going to see now, obviously, someone else is going to be calling the plays. You can't have your head coach calling the offensive plays. So there's going to be a different system for how things get done offensively, from the call being made in the press box, relayed down to the head coach on the sidelines, and then to the players on the field. But a lot of the same people are going to be involved in that process. You know, the high coach has been kind of coy about who is actually calling plays, but I think it's fairly safe to, to assume that the guy in the press box, which the last few years has been Scott, and I think we'll, we'll remain upstairs as the guy who, who oversees the quarterbacks. I think he's going to be the primary play caller. And, and of course, Allen's going to have input into it, and everything's going to funnel through Tim Alvin anyway. So it's a very collaborative effort. And, and in, the, in the end, it, it doesn't really matter who gets tagged as being the play caller because you're going to still have the same three principal guys who have orchestrated uh, a really good offense over the last three years. Uh, they're still going to be directing that offense again here in 2021. And one of the other guys that they kind of brought into the fold, and he's not a new guy per se, uh, but he is in a new role with Ohio as he comes back, uh, was an offensive analyst with uh, LSU, uh, but he comes back, of course, here to Southeast Ohio, in which is Tyler Tettleton. How does Tettleton kind of get into the folds and uh, you know mesh with the, the coaching staff that, that's on hand here? Uh, well, obviously, he goes way back with with Tim Alvin, uh, Tim Alvin, and uh, you know the, the wide receivers had uh, wide receivers assistant as well, Dwayne. Um, so there, there's familiarity, there's comfort level, uh, all those things will, will help Tyler uh, matriculate into his new role as as again a passing game coordinator slash running backs coach. Uh, Tyler's had a really 
really nice resume uh, as an assistant. He's been a couple years as a graduate assistant out at Oklahoma, where they've had, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but they've had a run of Heisman winning trophy, Heisman trophy winning quarterbacks. Kind of comes as a uh, surprise. Was, I don't know if I know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that he was able to work with, and, and, and I'm sure he picked up a ton of, of uh, innovative offensive ideas from that staff out there. And from there, he went to Cleveland, uh, spent a year, maybe two, I have to look at the, the bio, but spent at least one season up there working again with Baker Mayfield and, and then last year uh, down in the bayou. So he's a guy that's been exposed to a lot of high-level football, uh, a lot of good offensive concepts. And, and again, that's that's just more material that he can help uh, implement or augment or offer an idea about how Ohio can do something they've always done and maybe present it in a different way um, or, or or take something that hasn't worked before and add a twist to it so it might become more effective. It's just a, again, it's nice to have those kind of resources. When, when your staff is so stable and you do have to make a change, you can, you can go to a guy who's played it, who's lived it, and at the same time has had experience at, at the highest levels of the game. And he's fortunate enough to walk into a running back's room, which has a lot of talent. I mean, you've got Demontre Tuggle, o, uh, O'Shawn Allison, and Julian Ross, I mean, those three guys uh, can really hammer down and, and you know, drive down defenses uh, just with the – they're able to, to move the ball. Uh, absolutely. He got he definitely got the uh, the best straw. You know, like, <laughs> all right, you're going to be a first-time position coach. Well, here's a running back room with, uh, with guys all over the place that have got multiple years of experience and there's talent and there's potential. I uh, have at it. And uh, – there's, there's, there's more talent on the way. I, I've liked what I've seen early on from the redshirt freshman, Walter Wilbon, and the, the true freshman. Uh, keep an eye on number 22 if he gets into the games. Uh, that's Bangura, the, the running back out of uh, Maryland from Damatha. Um, a, a guy who, <laughs> it, doesn't take, it doesn't take much uh, inspection uh, or much watching of practice to recognize this guy's got a really nice skill level and a high high production ceiling uh he's a guy that you may they'll try to keep his red shirt i'm sure but he's a guy that may not give him a choice in his ability to either chip in on special teams or in case of injury get some looks but uh yeah keep an eye on that freshman running back too that's that's a deep room and uh i, I get the impression that ohio is going to try to run the ball just as much as it just as much as it ever has so there might be a chance for a lot of guys to get work and again we're talking with jason arkley and, and jason you know the the big question, I think, going into this year is, is kind of what this offense looks like. That was kind of even before, you know, the whole coaching change. Uh, because last year, A, it was a very, very short season with just three games being able to be played. Uh, but, you know, you, you went back and forth with a couple of quarterbacks, right? You had Curtis Rourke and you had uh, the uh, the transfer. Armani. The, uh, yes, yeah, Armani, Armani Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. Uh, is it? safe to assume that Curtis Rourke is going to get the bulk of the starting spot, or do you foresee some kind of you know quarterback rotation that's going to happen again here in 2021? I think there's a strong chance that you'll see a quarterback rotation of some sort, at least through the non-conference portion of the schedule. Um, Armani Rogers transferred last summer, right. uh, didn't get the benefits of a full fall camp, uh, got you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of work they were able to do in practice last fall because of protocols and because of the starts and stoppages they had they only had three games um and, you know he was able to get a full spring in and is getting a full fall camp and they've they've liked what they've seen out of Rome, out of armani in terms of development 
and I think they want to make sure they give him every opportunity to to get in there and earn the spot. Um, you know, the book's out on both guys. Armani's the, the bigger guy, the better runner. Curtis probably has the better arm, the more the more pure arm talent, if you want to use that term. So they're, they're giving both guys tons of looks. We're expected to see both of them uh, take the first-team offense for a while in a scrimmage on Saturday. But I don't think there's going to be a firm decision, barring injury, on the quarterback position in, in, until at least uh, game three when they go down to uh, Louisiana for a really tough game against the Raging Cajuns. You know, maybe they'll settle on one guy for that week, but I think there's going to be a lot of reps here in fall camp and early in the non-conference where you're going to see both quarterbacks shuttling in and out. And of course, the Bombcats are starting their season on September 4th. It's against a Power 5 opponent in Syracuse, and Syracuse is not really... You know, the, the daunting team that uh, you know, the title of Power Power 5 comes with, right? Syracuse did not have a good year last year. Uh, I, I, they're not really projected to have a good year this year. So it's a good opportunity for Tim Albin to get a, a big win right here in Peden Stadium uh, in his first, you know, D1 coaching uh, against Syracuse. Right, and it's going to be a stylistic challenge with, with Syracuse. Uh, Dino Babers, formerly of Bowling Green, is is still trying to go deep and go fast with his offense at every opportunity. And Ohio this year is built to, to run the ball. Uh, you know, the, the offensive line is, is pretty good and intact for the most part. They've got a great selection of tight ends. The running back depth is phenomenal, and they're not blessed with what you would call a, a, a true number one guy on the outside. So, I think you're going to see the Bobcats use multiple tight end formations and try to grind the orange down a little bit, and Syracuse is going to come out there and, and throw it deep, throw it often, and, and run as, run their offense as fast as possible. It's, a, it's an offense that Ohio didn't defend particularly well when Dino Babers was, was at BG, uh, but we'll, we'll see how they do this time around with, with the rematch. Uh, if, you, if you go back and look at those scores uh, from that string of uh, – Bowling Green Falcon teams, Dino Babers definitely had had the formula to, to hang some big-time point totals up on uh, Frank Solich and his defense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, you know, game goes around. Of course, that's on September 4th at 7, and uh, can be heard on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105, the flagship station for the Ohio Bobcats. And looking at the schedule as a whole, right, I mean, you got Duquesne in week number two, uh, you know, the Raging Cajuns the week after that, Northwestern. I mean, it's a, a pretty good um, you know, non-conference schedule prior to, you know, getting to Akron, Central Michigan, and then Buffalo uh, getting into the Mid-American Conference schedule. Uh, when it's all said and done at, after those four, you know, non-conference games, where do you think Ohio is going to be? Are, are we looking at a 2-2 two and two start? Are we looking at, uh, you know, something around 3-1? and one? Uh, where, where do you foresee Ohio going into conference play after the first, uh, four, game, first four games? Uh, I think best-case scenario is is probably two and two. Um, I, I, I think the Syracuse game is going to be a bit of a coin flip. Syracuse is better than they showed last year when, you know, they, again, everyone was dealing with the same kinds of issues, but they really imploded. Uh, the Orange did last year, and, and I think they'll be better uh, this year, this time around. So winning that game at home against Syracuse would be a huge lift for Ohio. I, the best team on Ohio's schedule, without a doubt, is Louisiana. Uh, that was a top 25 team a year ago that lost one game all year, I believe, and uh, they returned uh, a ton of pieces. That That is, again, should be a top 25 team again this year out of the Sun Belt. 
and you're talking about a, a early September game down in the, the heart of Louisiana where it might be 90 degrees and 80% humidity, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be a tough get in week three. And then week four, you're going on the road at Northwestern. Northwestern lost a ton of pieces from last year's team, which, which again, was, was excellent. It was a division finalist, a, a Big Ten title game appearance. And uh, Coach Fitzgerald always, always has uh, a consistent culture-driven program. You know what you're going to get with the Wildcats. I don't think the Wildcats' ceiling is quite as high as, as it was last year, but but again, a road game at a Big Ten school, that's that's not when you ever say, oh, yeah, we've got this one going into it. So I, I think there's a real good chance Ohio could go 2-2. Two and two, And I think there's you know an equally good chance that they go 1-3 and three in, the, in the four games of the non-conference. The, the key is to get your quarterback position settled out and, and figure out who your guy is going in the conference play and, and try to try to be working on all cylinders. And I think another big task for Ohio in the non-conference schedule is to, to figure out who they got in that front seven defensively. Uh, last fall, there were, there were COVID issues. There were injury issues. They were, they were paper thin, tissue thin, especially a defensive tackle. Um, and, and that should not be the case this fall. So again, can they shore up some of the issues they had against the run? And again, short sample, uh, you know, all kinds of extenuating, extenuating circumstances, but they weren't very good against the run at times last year. Can they, can they get that figured out in the first four games here in 2021? And then, then you go after it in the MAC and, and see what happens. Uh, ultimately, Ohio will be a contender in the MAC East. Uh, I firmly believe that, and, and like it typically does, it'll come down to one or two games in November, and and, and Ohio will have a chance to, to be the division champ again. Of course, for the first time, I believe, and you can fact check me on this, but against Ohio against Miami of Ohio, uh, this is the first time that Frank Solich had lost back-to-back games against the rival. Uh, I don't think that he's lost in his 15 years uh, at coaching here at Ohio that he lost back-to-back Miami. Of course, they lost last year. They lost the year before. Uh, And that game has kind of cost them a trip to Detroit. Um, So, I, I mean, that's right at the start of November where you were saying... Uh, that, that it's really yep. going to have to get turned on. Um, I see that one being a, a big game, of course. And, you know, I know they don't play Ball State, but I, Ball State's a really, really good team, even getting uh, USA coaches poll votes. I, I believe they were in the top 25. I, I don't have the coaches poll in front of me now. Um, but we'll, we'll see where the, the chips fall at the end of the year. Yeah, Toledo is, is the team that Ohio drew from the West that would be the it is probably regarded when you look at some of the the national analysts and some of the the analytics. Toledo is probably the best team in the West, and you know, Ohio has them again this year. Kent State out of the East because they returned the league's, be- league's best quarterback will be a uh, strong contender in the East. Uh, interested interested to see how the transition goes for Buffalo, and, and then you got Ohio and Miami. So I I, I think uh, I think you got it right there, Connor. The the game in early November with Ohio and Miami will be a huge one in terms of the Mankey standings, and and that's one that the, the Bobcats will be desperate to get. You know, they they hadn't lost. You're, you're right, they hadn't lost back-to-back games against the Redhawks since since Frank Solich came, and that's that's a new, weird, and and probably pretty bad feeling for all the Bobcats. Well, I'm sure they're going to have extra incentive to win against Miami this year. Of course, it's going to be home at Peden Stadium, uh, Battle of the Bricks, uh, homecoming this year. Uh, could be Central Michigan if that's uh, October 9th or October 23rd. I'm looking at the Bombcat schedule now. I don't know when their you know, big uh, homecoming game is going to be. 
But uh, regardless, I mean, it's going to be a big game. I'm, I'm sure that uh, you know, the guys are going to get up for it. But Jason Arkley, always appreciate your time, and it, it's good talking yeah, to you yeah. again. Yes, yeah, yeah. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Uh, again, if, uh, I don't have fresh copy up there just yet, but we're going to ramp the blog back up here for football season, and uh, that, that you can find whenever I do post something new, you can find it at suacbobcats.com. That's stand up and cheer if you just want to remember it that way, but suacbobcats. Um, again, going to have a piece on uh, Frank Sowitz coming up this weekend. Uh, another profile on uh, Tim Alvin uh, a day or so later, and then we'll, we'll start doing some more timely or daily kind of content uh, up on the blog. So uh, be sure to check that out this weekend. It sounds good. And I know, um, were you a part of the Athens Messenger uh, poll? Like it, it was, I don't know if, if you were a part of it. I know Wiseman was in there. I know Troy was in there. I think Higgins from WSEO was in there. Uh, you know, trying to guess the the wins and losses for the high school sports. Were you a part of that a couple years ago? Uh, a couple years ago, yes. Uh, not last year, and, and I have not been asked to return. But uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, I, I had Wiseman on maybe a week, two weeks now. Uh, I, I can't remember when when he was last on the air. Uh, but Kevin Wiseman said he's probably not going to bring it back. I know they, uh, you know, as you know, the Athens Messenger had a little bit of a shift. Um, you know copy-wise and, and uh, newspaper-wise, but um, you know, Wiseman was very happy with just being the last winner of the Oh, season. yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he, he gets to be John Elway. He goes out the champ. That's what, that's what you're looking for. You know, that's, that, that's a Michael Jordan thing, right? You, you <laughs> win the title, and then you close up shop. Yeah, that's the way to roll. Peyton Manning, too, up, uh, up yeah, in Denver. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I know, what was it, Troy won three in a row or something, and then you know, Wiseman took it last the last year that, that you guys had it, and now it's it's done, and Troy can't get his way back in there. Yeah, that's that's got to drive him nuts. But uh, <laughs> I'm all, I, I back Kevin 100 percent in this decision. I agree wholeheartedly, <laughs> and he needs to stick to his guns on that, and and uh, and make sure that that remains the law of the land. Well, I mean, you could put a poll up on on your website, SUAC Bobcats. <laughs> Um, I mean, it would have nothing to do with the Bobcats unless you wanted to guess Mid-American Conference games. Um, but I, I'm, I'm sure Troy's itching to, to try to get back and win one of them. Well, yeah, we'll see. I'll think about it. Uh, although, <laughs> although given Troy's history in, in picking contests or picking games, I, I, I am not anticipating that being the case. But uh, I, I will think about it. We'll see. Jason Ark, we always appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for joining us here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Connor. Again, that was Jason Arkley. You can catch what he's doing on Twitter, and you can also get him uh, online at suacbobcats.com. Again, that's suacbobcats.com, standing for Stand Up and Cheer. But uh, always always great to talk to Jason Arkley, and, and good to hear that he's doing well. We've got to take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. We've got about five more minutes until we take you up until the Cincinnati Reds, as the Reds will take on the Phillies, the NL East leaders. And the Phillies are a half game up on my Mets, and I can't believe the uh, the stretch of play that the Mets were on. But finally, they, they swept the Nationals. Uh, but it's an important game for two teams, right? The Reds are trying to make their way back in the NL Central, and the Mets are trying to uh, you know jump the Phillies in the NL East. So the Phillies want to keep uh, a stranglehold on the NL East, even though that's the closest division in baseball right now. We'll talk about it all coming up next, as this is The Sportsman, presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. 
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Are you struggling to pay out-of-pocket Medicare costs? Your deductibles, co-payments, and prescription medication can really add up. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can help you navigate confusing sign-ups and help you save money. Medicare savings programs such as extra help or low-income subsidy are available. Call 1-800-331-2644 for free over-the-phone assistance with enrollment. No waiting, no travel, just one phone call. That's 1-800-331-2644. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work-study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Back inside for the Sports Fan, 970-97.1 FM, WATH. Hey, after the show, I'm going to be heading over to Joe Burrow Stadium and taking in the Athens and Trimble Tomcat football scrimmage as that's going on uh, right at 7 o'clock. We'll have the Athens Bulldogs back on the airwaves next Friday. It's a week, a week away from high school football back on the air. Uh, and Joey Medor and Matt Frazee will have you for all the coverage. We are extending our pregame coverage this year. We're going to have interviews from coaches. We're going to have interviews from players. We're going to talk to people. We're going to put them up on the air, and uh, you know, that'll be 30 minutes prior to kickoff. So at 6.30, the pregame show will start. You'll hear uh, interviews with Coach White. You'll hear over on uh, Power 105, we've got the Trimble Tomcats and the Nelsonville York Buckeyes. We'll have an interview with Coach Bill Ferris. We'll have an interview with Coach Rusty Richards and possibly even uh, a couple of players as well. But with the high school season coming right around the corner, we're getting excited. We're getting ready, and uh, I hope you are too because... Uh, there's nothing better uh, than a Friday night football. And, again, a lot of, lot of good teams, a lot of teams projected to go far. I think, you know, a couple of the, the projected teams, Nelsonville, York, and Trimble, I think they're going to be some of the best teams in uh, Athens County. I think, uh, you know, obviously in the TVC Ohio, you got Wellston to keep an eye on and Meigs with Colter Cleland. But we'll talk about all that and do a preview show for the upcoming high school football season sometime next week. We'll get Troy Bowen back on. We'll see if we can get crazy. Kevin Dunnigan returns as a host of Football Friday Night, so it all should be good. Uh, Cincinnati Reds. Reds yesterday salvaged a three-game series against the Braves. They did not get swept. They lost the first two games, but uh, they pounded, pounded the Braves yesterday, 12-3. to That was a game that they needed. That's an offense the way that, you know, that offense can perform. And, again, it's guys stepping up like Jonathan India, like Tyler Stevenson. 
I mean, Stevenson went three for five, India two for four. Votto had a hit. Like, the, these guys can hit, right? Uh, and they're going to need to continue to hit against the Philadelphia Phillies. One selfish reason, because I'm hoping the Mets can win at least a couple games against the Dodgers, but that's going to be tough. And the Phillies are at the top of the NL East right now. So with the Phillies at the top and the Reds in second in the NL Central, Reds got a, a little bit of a mountain to climb because uh, in the NL Central, Milwaukee is a 70-game winner this year. Uh, they have an eight-game lead over Cincinnati, three-and-a-half back on the wild card are the Reds. I think if any team is going to unsurp the uh, usurp, whatever it is, uh, if anybody's going to get the Padres out of the wild card, it will be the Reds. I don't think a team out of the NL East uh, will have a shot at a wild card. They've got to win that division to get there. Anyway, Cincinnati Reds against the Philadelphia Phillies coming up next. Thanks for listening to The Sportsman. Thanks to Jason Arkley, and we'll send you to Cincinnati Reds coverage right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH Athens. This is Connor Mills signing off. Enjoy the baseball game, everybody.